Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of cricket handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always on a Monday morning, beautiful and blue, Mr. Andy Molitor, Scott Piercy, rough weekend for him. Take care of your feet, people. Blisters are real, but um, you apparently had a, a head-to-head matchup that had an interesting finish. Yeah, that's what I love. I've talked about this numerous times about the three. I'm great stretch of ending holes, depending on which side of the end of it on. So, yeah, Mav McNeely shot a nine on the final hole, the 72nd hole, where he was uh, up two in a matchup, ended up down a couple. So, God bless the 18th at the 3M. It is a, it's a trying. Anyone who watched the end, I mean, Finau put it off the backboard and almost went in the water like the shit's that. That 17th is, it's an easy hole, but if you overshoot it, it can come hard off that backstop and go in the water. I've seen it was that. windy too. The 17th it was, windy. was tough. But put the ball in the water on 18, Tony. Like, the, yeah, the, the 16th why do you have a driver in your hand there? His caddy should have tackled him. Well, that's the thing is on the 17th, there is a body of water that while Tony's walking across the bridge to go find his ball on the green, you could just take that driver and throw it in the water. You have sponsors. You can get a new one next week. Just get, hey, we needed to get that regripped anyway. But yeah, hitting driver there, especially last year, Cam Champ had a couple strokes lead, and his caddy let him hit driver too. Double double miss into the woods. I mean, he almost hit like the there's like a village of uh, food trucks that he was aiming right at apparently somehow. And I mean, that was a that was a clutch par by him. But there were people, there were people who had eagle putts on 17 that weren't that far behind from so i mean a birdie putt would have been better but it, it was an exciting golf tournament congrats to tony Finau. i know a bunch of us got on some late Finau or some Finau props or anti-piercy everything just because it was blistered up and also it just he's got piercy can't expect him to do it that long so this is a fun 3m uh indeed and we're on to detroit golf city my favorite cities to connect through. You gotta get your clubs to Detroit, Golf City. This is it. God, this was one of the most interesting um, nuggets I ran across. If you remember when they played the PGA Championship at Southern Hills, there on the Wikipedia page, it mentions a murder for uh, Whitey Bulger's crew had murdered someone in the parking lot of that golf course, like way back. Which oh, was a, yeah. a weird one. This was a, like, yeah, like trouble. Like golf, golf has this uh, hoity-toity look to it, but it has a troubling history. And this was another one too, where it's like, hey, here's a golf course that wasn't integrated until the '80s. It's like Jesus Christ, guys, what are we? What were we doing? It makes me feel feel bad about just everything that's happened in history. That, but regardless, it is a it is an integrated golf course now up here in Detroit. And uh, so, yeah, good for them. You, you guys did Hopefully it. With clean um, running water. Yeah, I, I don't know about the running water, but it, it isn't a bad course. It is a rough stretch in the schedule. Wyndham's pretty good next week, but there's some decent names. We'll see if Finau remains. I think he has to with some sponsorship stuff. We'll see if he remains. Uh, Grio did pull out this morning. Homa seems like it's uh, he wants to play. I know he needs to. And some of these guys can make a lot of money if they can solidify spots in the top 30 so they can play three weeks in a row during the playoffs and make a shitload in the tour finals. So, I mean, there's it's not 
like, oh, these are crap events. I don't want to play. Like getting some extra FedEx points will make a big difference to your pocketbook if you can end up in the tour finals where it's a no-cut event where everyone just gets a giant check at the end and they all laugh as they carpool down to the bank. But yeah, Cantlay's here. Fino is coming off a win, maybe here. Zhao returning. Cam Young after a nice showing over at the Open. Max Homo with a couple wins this year. Cam Davis, a guy who was uh, pretty popular couple weeks ago as well and i think last week a lot of people had him in their outright cards and then uh kevin kisner's here he's the defending champ from next week's event i don't know if it's more of a warm-up i'm not sure if anyone has any anecdotal evidence of like hey he's the defending champ of the tournament next week like does he care as much about this week is it like look ahead trying trying hard to like get warmed up so i can defend at Wyndham. Adam Scott, Figala, Davis Riley, Keegan, all at the top of the board. So not a great field, but decent. I haven't uh, dug too deep into it yet. Ron stayed up late last night at PGA Splits 101, putting together a Detroit, because he's moving to Detroit, which is weird. I know, he's not going to get to go to the tournament. He's so busy getting all his stuff moved. Well into the evening. It looks like that it was previewed or published at like four in the morning. So Detroit preview is up on betspurtsgolf.com. You can go check that out again. Still running that dollar a month promotion. If nothing else, like you're going to get for a dollar a month, you get all his uh, in-depth previews that you can take a look at over on the site. So check that out. That's uh, once I get off this and uh, after a couple meetings, that'll be one of my first steps is to to read up on this course, try to remember exactly what it's all about. I'm not as in depth on this one as I am on the 3M for sure. Well, I have I some bets tomorrow. Did they it's, play this last year? Yeah, no, it, okay. it, it's a tournament they have every year. So we'll uh, we'll get into it once I get some once I get a little more info. I'll have some picks tomorrow on the show. I will be on the show tomorrow. Real quick, just to mention, tomorrow's show will start a half hour later just to facilitate some things. And that means I will be on on a Tuesday. It'll be Matt and I. So I'll have some golf picks for you tomorrow. Um, But tennis goes on. The beat goes on. And I I make this joke all the time, and it just never works because it's like, oh, no, that's actually in, like, Italy. This is Eastern Europe. We are in Prague. We finally made it. We're finally in, like, I, I want these. I wish these were played, like, indoor hards in, like, warehouses like real industrial shit that would make it just so much cooler like with like armed guards and stuff i don't know i'm just like picturing i mean these are like scenes i like blood sport i guess wherever like ivan drago's son was training yes like i want these in warehouses they are not they're actually lovely i mean if you go watch any of this these are all lovely venues they have these tournaments at so warsaw and prague and by prague i mean prague you got uh, some nasty underdogs again. The underdogs. Yeah, we continue. And a little funkiness this week. We do have a hardcore tournament, but we still have clay. Uh, the Warsaw event, or as I'm calling it this week, the Iga Sriantek Open, um, yeah. is still on clay in Poland. It's actually going to be a really fun tournament. Um, Iga was, I believe, right around minus 225 to minus 250 to win the tournament, which I think I went through and did it. Meant she would average like minus... 10,000 or something line. It was, I forget, or I think it was minus a thousand something. I forget what insane number it was. To get I, I was like 1,400. 
was like yeah, minus fourteen hundred. Was her average odds per match then? Yeah, it is. It's upsetting how much of a favorite she is in a small tournament. Like, just all it takes is like, ah, I rolled my ankle. I'm out. Like, I'm just, I'm not gonna play anymore in this tournament now. Which I would think she'd want to because it's in Warsaw, but it's so silly. Once we get through the first round, though, a lot of really fun matches, especially in the bottom half. The second quarter is really fun, but um, just one match, and all these picks are going to be tomorrow morning. Um, it looks like we're done. The Actually, the last match um, is underway in Prague, and I believe the last or second-to-last match, no, last match is underway in Warsaw. So generally this week is the way it'll go, is all these picks will be early tomorrow morning. That's what we've got. Um, we'll start with just a total in Warsaw. Anna Bogdan and Nuria Patisas Diaz, two players we like to back. Again, should be a great match to watch, and I'm surprised the total is only 21. Um, poke around. There's some cheap 21 still left around. I know it's clay, and you generally get back to some shorter totals there, quicker sets. Um, thought about even betting over two and a half sets here. Just didn't love the number. Again, I was seeing around plus 145, plus 150. If you happen to see plus 160, plus 165 on that for some reason, scoop that up. Otherwise, give me the over 21. Again, I have this at 21 and a half and probably a juicy 21 and a half. They generally play long sets. It's a very competitive match. Two players that, if you go back and look, do play a lot of three setters. So give me over 21 there. And then in Prague, we're going to start with kind of an Anna Blinkova stack here. Um had a really nice little grass season, played some good clay tennis, is starting to find some overall form, and goes up against Barbara Krejcikova, who is one of my favorite players on tour, but outside of some double success, has had a really down year, has lost matches from sets up to very, very good players, and just all these numbers look wrong to me. I, I'm not sure why she deserves to be such a big favorite over, you know, a player... She should be favored, right? But I'm not looking at plus 500, you know, maybe somewhere in the minus 350, minus 400 range. And you're looking at minus six, minus 700, depending on where it is. So give me a little sprinkle on Blinkova plus 500. And then give me the plus six games. I have this at plus four. Um, it's just kind of nutty here. And I try not to bet too much on stuff like this when it's this far off. Again, maybe Krejcikova has been practicing and looks great and comes in and blows Blinkova out here. But it just looks nuts to me. And the total, again, 19 games, I have this 20 and a half. So just give me all the Blinkova. Give me the over. Give me the plus six games, the money line, all of it. Just all these numbers look off to me. And maybe Krejcikova, again, comes out and hands her a double bagel or a 6-2, 6-2 kind of thing. And this isn't ever close. But have to take a little bit of all these. Daria Snyder, um, a younger player, someone we're going to back quite a bit here in the hardcore season, especially if they keep offering us numbers like this. Really, really talented youngster and somebody that historically in the WTA is the type of player that has a good second half to the season. We're past grass now. We're going to get into North America. This is the part of the year where some of the better players are fatigued. They're a little beat up from the season at this point. I mean, they've been playing tennis now for seven, almost eight months. Um, once we get into August here and a lot of travel, a lot to be put on. That's part of the reason we see maybe a little bit more wide U.S. Open that we'll have maybe in another month or so. But love to back young players here. Snyder in a really nice position. These courts should do well for her. Comes up through qualifying and goes up against Victoria Tomova, someone who enjoyed a really nice clay season, I think is still carrying in a rating a little bit higher than she deserves as a result of that. Just play the money line there, plus 170. For some reason, the game spreads um, 
generally aren't what I usually see at plus 170. Sometimes you can get an expensive plus four or a cheap three and a half, but I'm seeing some expensive three and a half. So she's getting a lot of support here on the spread, it looks like. So I'll just take the money line there. And then Wang Jinyu, be careful. We've got Wang Jiang and Wang Jinyu, and you've got to know your Wang's people. But give me Wang Jinyu, plus 180 and plus four games. Try to bet the money line in a book that is going to cancel no matter what happens in the first set. Um, she's coming off a match where may have picked up an injury, has had enough time where she should be able to recover. And I think she'd easily be able to keep this match close against Anastasia Potapova, who, again, very strong player, but really up and down, high variable player, could easily dump a set here. And I, I just really like the plus four. And at plus 180, um, Wang and if she is healthy, is someone that actually has a chance to win this tournament. I bet her outright at 40 to one last night. So take a look at that too, once that stops. So a total in Warsaw and some underdogs in Prague. In Prague. All when in Prague. Uh, when in Prague, as they say. Not a lot of sports going on this week. We're just gonna, I'm just going to start talking NFL props all the time. Do it. Because, like, again, there's not even Euros today. Like, I got to wait till tomorrow for the semifinals. There's only that they, they don't have a third place match apparently. So there's only three Euros matches left. Even though it was a very, let's talk about the Euros quick. Even though I didn't put it on the rundown. Apparently, next time any of these events, when we get to the first round of knockouts, I'm just gonna bet the favorite combined with the under. My God, they couldn't put anything in the goal like the xg for the sweden match which was one nil uh was like three to two and a half like there it was like expected to have five goals in that and it all they had was one with like 90 at the 92nd minute it was very very tough to watch all those high high leverage chances go to waste but uh my english outright got through my swedish semifinal made it there so some of the some of the you know, the futures I bet did well, are doing okay. But boy, it was a rough quarterfinals for, for Andy Molitor. I'll tell you that much. And I'm, I'm, maybe I'm happy for it to be almost over. So three more matches. I'm still on the right side of zero. And if you count some of my futures in there, I'm up a couple of units. So I'll live with that. But uh, yeah, Euros are tomorrow. NFL is forever. And again, I'm not going to... I'm not going to like highly promote this because I like that it's kind of a smaller community, but the some randos and I hate calling them randos because I love you guys. Anyone who watches anything I do and gets involved in the YouTube chat is great, but some people who every week apparently had very understanding jobs or, you know, in the evenings definitely weren't working because even when we would do deep dives during the day, these guys were there. And they were always in the comments and they would get annoyed because they'd be having this side conversation with each other, not even asking questions of Drew and I. And then when we'd kill the stream at the end, they couldn't talk anymore. So like eventually one of them brought up like we should have like a chat or something. And some guy just started a discord. So it's the deep dive discord, but it's again, I did nothing to it. I wasn't even in it for the first month. I'm like, oh, I should go join that. See what they're up to. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure they're not besmirching the brand. But those, there's some sharp cookies in there. There's always some good conversations, and they got to talking about Matt Ryan this morning and how you know we've talked about this with Tua. We said, hey, Tua's Tua's mechanics are a lot different when he's not getting murdered because his offensive line stinks out loud. 
And the, you know, the Falcons were a bad team last year, especially up front. Matt Ryan was constantly under duress. He may not have the big arm. He may not have ever really had a big, big arm, but he doesn't have the big arm he had when he was younger. But it was still a big problem in front of him, and he was under duress. A lot of his bad decision-making was due to constant pressure. He's about to go play a, in, you know, a much better situation indoors with a good offensive line, good skill position players, probably a, a more experienced coaching staff, a better coach. And they're very live and they're favorites to win their division. And I brought this up to Drew when we were talking. And actually, it's funny. I said this a long time ago and it was not Matt Ryan. I said, you know what? You know who looks good in Indianapolis? Kirk Cousins. I said Kirk Cousins behind that offensive line puts up a huge year. They win the division and they lose by a million points in the playoffs to the Bills right away. Like it was assumed Tennessee would be all right too, but now they are favorites. And um, this is over. I'll just tell you, it was at Bovada. This was a cute little prop. I put a little bit on this morning because I, I, I like, like this, this. This is fun. These are fun ones. Every team up there, and it's different because some teams have you know very low expectations, so they have to give you different options. But Colts stage of elimination, losing the first week of the playoffs, two to one. So there's a couple paths here. They win the division like they're supposed to, 56, 58% of the time. And then they would face a wild card team that is likely, you know, whichever one of the teams who is overachieving in the West, like the if the Chargers really put it together and don't get hurt, or if Russell Wilson and those young receivers really work out in Denver, or if, you know, Oakland, excuse me, Las Vegas is good. We don't see a regression there. So you could uh, you could see a really tough wild card team coming in, probably being basically a goddamn pick em against this team, even on the road. Or the Titans do play well. The Colts still overachieve, end up with a wild card, and then these poor bastards have to go to, like, Baltimore or Cincy or, you know, Buffalo, if they get the two seeds, something along those lines, Kansas City, anything yeah. like that, heading heading to uh, one of those places to play much tougher. They would be, you know. Big dogs. Uh, yeah, at that point, you're, I mean, let's say they end up in Kansas City because KC gets a two seed. You essentially have Kansas City plus 200 to win a game that they're favored by six and a half in. That's maybe what I was a little more. six. Yeah, so pretty good price if you can get it. I'm not putting a bunch in this. It's just a fun prop. And, I, you know, if you're bored and you're dying for the NFL to get here, like, go poke around in your books. There's, There's so fun. many fun little ways to attack certain teams with uh, some fun props like this. And I'll, I'll try to have a few more as we go here. I found they were also doing, you could do, like, before the season, figure out what matchups would end up. The one I looked at was uh, Baltimore to be 2-0 against Pittsburgh. That was, like, Plus one sixty, plus one sixty five, or something. I went back and looked. The one, the, the full season lines right now would have that parlay right around plus one fifty. So probably not enough an edge over what the market thinks right now. But I just thought that was a good way to kind of back Baltimore and fade Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh has a chance to be really bad, and Baltimore has a chance to be really good. So look around, look at stuff for that. Patrick had a question though. Do you think you know being anti Titans and pro Colts are kind of the same thing, or do you think both teams could actually be good this year? I mean. That's I could see a scenario where both are good. Yeah, that's where I said this is like uh, this almost takes out the Titans a little because if the Colts overperform to the point where they can win the division, this bet is even better if they don't. 
if the Titans end up with the same record and win on a tiebreaker or, you know, the, the Colts win 11 games, but the Titans win 12, you know, the, that's even better for this bet. If the Titans play well and the Colts end up in a wild card spot and have to travel for their wild card game. So that would be, yeah, it'd be even better. Qu- quarterback to have the most passing yards. I'm going to, I'm going to dig into a couple of those because somebody brought up an interceptions prop in the discord too. I think some of those are going to be some ones I'll touch on over the next uh, couple weeks here too, but I'll put that uh, high on the list there. Savage Samurai. And then I, I wanted to your quick opinion because I seen it in the NBA chat on the Durant stuff. Does that even make sense, the Jalen Brown thing? So the interesting part of it is there is a concern in Boston that Jalen Brown is going to say no to any extension they offer simply because the way his salary was set up, he could make a lot more money if he goes into free agency and then comes back to Boston. So they're probably not going to get Jalen Brown to sign an extension. And if that's the case and you're a little nervous that maybe he leaves in free agency, it could possibly make sense to be shopping around for Durant. But um, actually, kudos to Woj for tweeting this out um, after putting some of this stuff out. This is news and a trade that hasn't been talked about for weeks. Um, I don't know if the Nets are necessarily actively talking to anybody. But, I mean, if you take a step back, you're Boston. You have a chance to trade for Kevin Durant. And if all you have to do is give up, Jalen Brown, who looks like he's a really, really great player, but is probably not the best player on a championship team and and maybe is a good second banana to Tatum, who could be the top player. But I think you'd be nuts to not have a meeting with everybody and go, okay, we can trade Jalen Brown and maybe a draft pick for Kevin Durant, like Kevin freaking Durant, like one of the best players ever to play basketball, a guy who is still a huge plus on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively now maybe only has two to three years left at kind of the level that we see right now, but it's someone that is going to age well, given what he does. I don't see him being somebody that gets to be terrible and useless out there, given his length, his intelligence, his ability to shoot. So, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, but this is, you know, month old smoke at this point. I, I think that we've got a couple of weeks here. I'm curious to see Durant is supposed to have been traded. We haven't heard anything about Kyrie moving and, Russell Westbrook continues to be available to no avail for this Lakers team. So I think there's still a few pieces to move, but I wouldn't worry about it. I don't think anything's happened soon with Kevin Durant, especially all this nonsense. Yeah. I just like to see the Boston folks get all excited. <laughs> I, I mean, it's been every fan base. like Because there's like seven fan bases who legit have like, oh, no, what if he comes to Fe- – oh, what if he comes to L.A.? Oh, what if he comes to Miami? Oh, there's there's all these uh, rumors. It'll be very interesting. I'm excited to see where he lands because it's just the NBA offseason is always just banana land for like a decade now. It's been bananas, which is fun. So, <sighs> all right. Yeah, Savage Samurai hits on it. I just want KDP traded somewhere. I know that I think my least satisfying outcome here would be him to just stay in Brooklyn. I want him to end up somewhere new and have this fun new, like, oh, my God, Luca and Durant, what are we doing? Like, and then the market can get crazy, and then Durant will get hurt, and the Suns will win the West anyway. It'll be funny. I kind of wanted to stay in Brooklyn for the, like, ultimate nobody believed in us summer. Everyone thought Kyrie was leaving East State. Everyone made fun of Steve Nash all summer. Kevin Durant's been traded to every team, and no one likes Ben Simmons. We're going to do it. I will have a Nets ticket. 
All right, I, I can buy that. I can buy that then. The 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 revenge thing is good too. I will talk myself to a Nets ticket if that is the case. Uh, and then real quick, what's on tap this week? Like I said, half hour late tomorrow, we will be at noon Eastern Later. time for Brown Bag Bets. So if you are confused, that's why just one day we'll be a little late. Uh, deep dive tonight with some NFL teams. We'll be talking the Giants and the Commodores. Again, I, I think it's Commanders. I keep saying Commodores. Washington is 100% the Washington football team. A couple of football teams will be previewing tonight on the YouTube channel. And as a surprise for anyone who watches any of the golf content, like I said, Ron is traveling to move this week. And our other DFS guy, uh, Byron, is riding his bike across Iowa, which is a thing people do at Ragbri. And uh, I am dangerously close to getting Link Calhoun back on a show. It might be a late night Tuesday thing because that guy only operates like a vampire, but I'm going to just put it out there on the show to make him feel like he has to now. So Do we know if he's maybe... home safe or is he still at the casino? I think he did make it back to Houston. That's but we did have Tony Fino as our one and done in the big one this week. So I said I'm kind of superstitious about this shit. You might have to go to Lake Charles every week until the playoffs are over now. So th- there's a lot of things to be discussed. So there will be there will be a possibility of some link. And uh, if you like that, hit a thumbs up. We'll catch you here tomorrow at a different time. Mm-hmm.